0: Welcome back to the Half Finished to Done podcast. I am super excited to have you here today, as always. Today is a big topic that's been a long time coming. We're talking about goals and specifically how to hit any goal that you truly care about. Now, let me just say this off the bat since you probably associate me with projects, given my program Half Finished to Done Live and the name of this podcast. But we're going to distinguish a little bit between goals and projects today, although I do think that most goals, especially if they're complex and have multiple steps, can be turned into projects. So just keep that in mind. So you may notice that I chose this episode title really specifically. It's not how to hit any goal. It's how to hit any goal you truly care about. Because if you've been around these parts for a while, you know that that's what me and my work at Peak Coaching are all about. It's about finding things that you actually truly care about, that you're willing to dedicate your time, your focus, and your energy to, and then going after those things full force while putting so many other things on the back burner intentionally. So let me say off the bat that there is absolutely no shame in letting go of a goal. And in fact, I totally commend people who do it. It just means that you reassessed your priorities, you made conscious, intentional decisions about what no longer to pursue, and that's awesome. So go you if you are doing that right now or if you've done that recently, is let go of a goal. And now let's talk about the goal that you still have. In this episode, I'm gonna give you eight recommendations for pursuing a goal that you truly care about, but before I do that, let's just talk a little bit about why you might be reluctant to set a goal in the first place. If you feel how I used to feel and how so many of my clients feel when they come to me, goals are a mixed bag for you. So it's something that intrigues you. You like the idea of that achievement and, again, going after something meaningful, but you feel like you've been burned by goals in the past. So what I mean by that is you have either pursued a goal and you haven't hit it, And then you've made that mean really bad things about yourself, your personality, your ability to follow through, and probably your skills. Or on the flip side, you might have actually achieved the goal, but the process was so hellish that it just wasn't even worth it. And it was such a letdown when it actually came all the way to fruition. So quick aside, I used to use the word fruition a lot, and I felt very fancy using such a nice word, but I pronounced it fruition. And for years, decades even, nobody in my life ever corrected me. So I sounded kind of like a dummy. So calling out my friends and family, you should have corrected me, people. Okay, back to goals. Another reason you might have a negative relationship with goals is because you see it as one and done. Meaning you go after the goal one time and if you don't hit it, it's over. Again, you beat yourself up, you feel bad about it, but you don't get back at it and pursue the same goal repeatedly until it's successful. And I've already alluded to the other reason that you might have a negative relationship with goals, and that is because you have consistently pursued goals that were not relevant and meaningful and rewarding to you. And so we're going to change that today. So if you are ready to do goals differently, come with me, let's get into it. Eight recommendations for goals that you truly care about. The example that I'll use throughout this episode is sales and marketing, because obviously that's something that comes up often with business owners, but this really does apply to anything in your business or in your personal life. Okay. The first thing is to set the right goal. And by that, I just mean that it's meaningful and worth pursuing to you. If you're not even sure right now what your answer is, I definitely recommend listening to the podcast episode on the five types of project ROI. As a quick refresher, they are time, money, social capital, impact, and positive emotions. So figure out which of those five, and it could be all of them, are actually important to you right now, given the phase or season that you're in. And then set your goal according to that. So what is the goal that's going to give you the most bang for your buck in terms of those five types of project ROI? So in the example of sales and marketing, what I see with my clients most often is that they set a goal that is based on vanity metrics. So they'll say, I want this number of social media followers or I want this number of website visits. But what they actually want after all of that is revenue. They want new clients. And so I recommend just setting your goal as new clients in revenue. Don't BS yourself into pretending you care about social media followers when you actually just want the end result of that. And if you're reluctant to set a sales goal, notice that it's probably because you felt burned by sales goals in the past and because you're afraid of it feeling icky. This time, we're going to do it differently. Okay, number two is if your goal has a number attached to it that you want to hit, you're going to pick the sweet spot number. This is the number that stretches you but doesn't feel so big and out of reach that it actually spins you out and makes you stop taking action. So it's right there in that sweet spot if you imagine a Venn diagram. And one thing to help you pick that sweet spot is Assessing your current risk tolerance. So I do have some clients who come to me and they're kind of in a rockier place and they're like, I just need to win. I need to achieve something and feel the success of that. So their sweet spot tends to be lower. I have other clients who come in feeling super confident and ready to just take everything on. They can set their number higher because they are not afraid of not hitting the goal and feeling disappointed. They're like, I cannot hit the goal but I'll be glad that I shot high. So really look at your own current risk tolerance and then choose a number based on that. Now, I have a lot of clients who are reluctant to choose a specific number. And so what they do is they spend a ton of time going back and forth and debating what the number should be. I just use my intuition. I'm like, what number feels good to me, stretches me, challenges me, doesn't spin me out. And if you're afraid to put a specific number, a concrete number to your goal, again, It's usually just fear and doubt because of what's happened in the past, but I want you to have the confidence to choose a number and know that you can handle it whether or not you hit that goal. So think of it more as something to just anchor your mind to so that you can come up with really brilliant strategies for hitting the goal rather than something that's going to determine whether or not you like yourself at the end of the day. My third recommendation is to create a visual representation of your goal. And don't underestimate how powerful this can be. I have found that this is one of the simplest, most powerful tools to keep my brain fully focused on just the goal and to let everything else kind of disappear. So I'll give an example from my business. This year in 2023, my goal is to work with 26 one-on-one clients as of right now. And so I have a piece of paper that has 26 boxes on it this is not complicated or complex at all. It's just literal boxes. And every time I sign a new client, I add their name to a box. The reason I do this is because it reminds me that I only care about the next 26 clients that I have. Am I speaking to them? Am I saying what they need to hear? Am I getting out and meeting them? Am I interacting with them on Instagram? It reminds me that Although there's tons of other people on social media, there's tons of other people in the world or networking events, I only need to be serving the next 26 people. Now, let me just reassure you if it feels like that is narrow-minded or it's almost selfish to just focus on those people is by focusing on your goal achievement, you are naturally going to be giving value to so many other people who might not become clients. So although I'm focused, let's say in this podcast episode on just my next 26 best fit productivity coaching clients, so many other people are going to listen to this episode and get value from it. So this visual representation works really well if it's a physical, tangible thing, but I want to give you an example from a client who used her imagination for this. She was selling to new clients and in order to make sure she was speaking to her best fit clients. She imagined all of her current clients that she loves at a dinner party. That atmosphere worked really well for her because it was kind of laid back, low key. She could imagine her favorite people all having conversations with each other, all talking about their struggles, talking about what was working for them. So it can be a tool that you use also in your imagination to keep your focus on your goal. The last really simple way to do this visual representation is one of those sales thermometers where you just fill it in every time you earn some money, every time you make a sale, you just fill in highlight with a new color, and then eventually you complete the whole thing and hit your goal. Now, you might have noticed that we're on the third of eight recommendations, and we haven't actually even started working on the goal itself yet. And so, these first three recommendations are a really powerful way to set yourself up for success. Pressure test your goal so that when you do get started, the whole rest of the process feels so much easier. So don't skip those first three recommendations. Number four is to brainstorm from scratch how you're going to hit your goal. What I find with my clients when they present a goal to me is that usually they've been thinking about the goal a lot or they've even tried pursuing it in the past. So they think that they know exactly how the goal is going to happen. But what I know that they don't yet know and what I'm about to teach you is that usually what you think in your head is the way the goal is going to happen is actually much, much, much more complicated than it needs to be. And more often than not, it's this inherited sense of what is required to achieve your goal that you've never even questioned. So the example I'll use is I have to use Instagram in order to make sales I have clients who are killing it on Instagram. I have clients who don't have Instagram. So I want you to question everything. And I'm going to give you the one question to ask yourself. If I started with no assumptions about how to best achieve my goal, how could I do it in the easiest, most efficient way possible? And it's at this point that often my clients come up with the simplest, quickest ideas like text somebody or follow up with everyone who's already expressed interest in your product or service. It really often is that easy. If you want more help with making it easy and simple, I definitely recommend listening to my podcast episode called the Oprah Million Dollar Challenge. It's episode number 20. Okay, number five might be the one that will make the single biggest difference to you in having fun and not quitting on your goal. And that is to track your progress Factually, so I want to explain this one by telling you a client story. One of my clients came to one of our coaching calls, and she was feeling so much disappointment because she hadn't hit her goal. And her story, her narrative was, "I haven't hit my goal." But when we looked at the facts, she actually had hit sixty-six percent of her goal already. And not surprisingly, it's a lot easier to feel good when you know that you've hit 66% of your goal than when you're telling yourself that you haven't hit your goal at all. So this isn't a matter of thinking positively. It's a matter of thinking factually. I'll also just throw in that the thought I gave her when she was at 66% of her goal was she only has 33% left. She's already done 33% twice. She only has to do it one more time. She's two thirds of the way. So you can use these thoughts to bolster your confidence as you continue pursuing your goal. For this next one, I'm going to ask you to tap into both your logical, practical side and also your more woo-woo or spiritual or religious side. So my recommendation is to use the three project finishing skills that I talk about here on the podcast all the time. That's deep work, Monday Hour 1, and project planning. So if you want more on those three skills, go to the episode on three skills, every project finisher needs, which is episode 28. So I totally believe in consciously making space with your energy, with your time, with your focus in order to hit your goal and make it a priority. I think that's really important. And at the same time, I'm going to ask you to leave room for goal magic. Goal magic is a very fun, slightly spooky phenomenon that I introduce to all my clients. Sometimes I call it project magic. And what I have seen a million times, too many times to chalk it up to coincidence, is that when my clients commit to a goal they truly care about, and they make the time and energy and space for that thing, things fall into place even beyond the action steps that they take. So I'm going to give you some examples. You might see people from your past mysteriously start popping back up just as you commit to your goal. Or people might refer people to you that you've never even heard of. Or in my case of my recent challenge, a bunch of people bought tickets to my challenge. They said they'd been listening to the podcast, but I'd never heard their names before. Or you might have somebody pop up and be like, I know the exact right person that needs to work on your team that you need to hire. So again, this happens so often. It is so inexplicable, but so common that it is an official part of the peak coaching philosophy. My second to last suggestion is probably the most important and the hardest to do, and it is learn and adjust until you hit the goal. The reason this is so damn hard is twofold. One is there's a phenomenon called the excitement half-life. I didn't come up with this. I don't know who to credit. I have never been able to find this again after hearing it one time, But it's this idea that when we are first starting something, we're so excited about it, but that excitement naturally dwindles over time. Just bank on that happening. That will happen. Account for it. And the second reason that this learn and adjust until you hit your goal recommendation is tough, and I'm acknowledging that, is because it sucks. It really sucks to pursue something wholeheartedly and not have it pan out the first time. Trust me, I understand that feeling. It is so demoralizing. And also, you can learn to navigate those feelings of defeat with more compassion and empathy and resilience. So just start by noticing if you don't hit the goal on your first attempt, if your brain is tempted to leap to all of these extreme stories like, the goal was never meant to be, I'm not cut out for this, I should have never believed in the goal, my story at one point that I said to my coach was I basically screwed myself over by believing so hard and I was so disappointed in myself for having ever believed. So trust me, I understand this. So the solution I want to give you is to rigorously self-evaluate the goal. Specifically, you're just going to go back through and you're going to ask yourself, what worked here and why? So really good time to track that progress. What's not working here and why? And what specifically am I going to do differently and why? These three questions give you a crystal clear roadmap for your second attempt at the goal. And I just want to say, it's again, okay to quit a goal. It's okay to just say, I don't care about this anymore. And it turns out it's actually not worth pursuing. But I want to recommend that you only quit the goal if you genuinely decide that you want to do that, not quitting because you believe you're just not capable of hitting it when you've only given it one opportunity. So depending on your goal, there's always so many new, innovative, cool options that are still out there for you to pursue. You're never out of good ideas. And if you ever feel out of good ideas, come to me because I have good ideas by the boatload because ideation is one of my top five strengths. I have so many ideas all day, every day. But you do have a few options as well. If you are wanting to pursue the goal, you want to go for that second opportunity, but you need a little bit of a break, take a short goal break where you intentionally decide not to pursue the thing for a little bit or decide to just extend the deadline. Or you can also put other things in place to support you as you work on the goal. So I have one client who decided recently that she wasn't hitting her sales goal as quickly as she wanted to, She was putting so much pressure on herself and it was spinning her out in a really unhealthy way. So she decided to take a part-time job. She's still able to pursue the goal, but she's now able to do it in a much more healthy place because it's much, much, much less pressure. And last but not least, prepare for sabotaging thoughts. This is totally inevitable if you're pursuing something that you truly care about. Your brain is going to supply up a lot of defeating thoughts often without your consent. <laughs> so just expect them so that you're not as derailed by them. Here are some common thoughts that I hear from my clients when they're pursuing a goal. So let's take the example of a sales goal. A common thought is if they haven't bought by now, they won't buy. And I get it because I think this often. But the truth is that people don't buy until they buy. And then you're like, oh, they were planning to buy. And I freaked myself out, often for no reason. So just remember, people don't buy until they buy. It could be your marketing. They just haven't heard what they needed to hear in terms of value and the process and the format. Or it could be just that they have circumstances happening in their own life that make it not a good time for them, and they'll come around to have it be a good time. So you keep putting yourself out there. This next thought is pretty similar and it's nobody has expressed interest yet. So in my experience with my business, I have a ton of clients who come to me after listening to the podcast, interacting with me on social media, responding to my emails. They make themselves known and it's pretty obvious that they're eventually going to buy. But I would actually say that that's the minority of my clients. The majority of my clients I don't know them and I don't interact with them at all. Like, literally, don't know their name until they decide to pay me for productivity coaching. The best way that I've heard this described is lurkers buy. Lurkers are there preparing themselves and getting ready to buy from you. Your job is to keep showing up. So, if you're telling yourself that no one has expressed interest yet, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's no interest. It's just that you don't know. Who the interest is from right now. Your job is to keep the faith. And I know how hard that is. All right, third thought is I have to believe in my goal 100% with no hesitation or doubt in order to make it happen. This one tends to be a huge saboteur because what it makes you do is spend all this time and energy trying to erase your doubt which you can't do. You cannot erase your doubt when you're pursuing a big meaningful goal. So my recommendation is accept that the doubt is there and accept that sometimes you're not going to believe in your goal and you can still hit it anyway. I love to give the example of a goal that I had with an anti-procrastination challenge last year. I set a sales enrollment goal of 500 people And I was like, that's insane. That's literally never going to happen. But I kept it as my goal because back to that sweet spot number, it didn't spin me out. It inspired and motivated me. And wouldn't you know, we enrolled over 700 people in that challenge. So I didn't believe in the goal, but I believed in it enough to keep going. Another thought that comes up all the time with my clients is I need to know right now how I'm going to achieve my goal. So I do recommend as one of these suggestions to brainstorm fresh, creative, new, innovative ways that you're gonna hit your goal. But I also want you to acknowledge that sometimes you're not gonna know how the goal is gonna happen until you're out there doing it. You're not sure what's gonna land and you're gonna have to keep iterating. So achieving a goal by nature is a testing, iterating, and discovering new strategies along the way. It's a whole process and there's usually no way that you can know up front how it's going to happen. So you can turn that uncertainty into curiosity to keep you going. The last sabotaging thought I want you to be aware of is I'll feel disappointed if I don't hit my goal. But the most important subtext that usually isn't said is I can't handle that disappointment. So when my clients tell me they're going to feel disappointed if they don't hit the goal. I respond, not in a dismissive way, but in just a clear way, obviously, of course you're going to feel disappointed if you don't hit your goal. You care about it. You care about goal achievement. You care deeply, but you can handle the disappointment. You can learn from that experience with those three self-evaluation questions, and you can try again. I totally believe in your ability to get back on the horse, even as you feel disappointment. Okay, that is what I know about achieving a goal you truly care about. I hope that that gave you some really good food for thought. Compare and contrast what I gave you with your current process. Pick out the differences and get to work with a new goal that you really love or recommitting to a goal that you actually do still want to pursue. If you want some help with this, obviously become a one-on-one productivity coaching client with me. You can just go to PeakCoaching.co and click work with me at the top of the page. And in the meantime, if you have any quick follow-up questions, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at PeakCoaching or via email, hello at PeakCoaching.co. Happy goal pursuing and achievement. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Half Finished to Done podcast. If you're ready to become a self-assured repeat project finisher, the best place to work with me is in my eight-week group coaching program, Half Finished to Done, live. You'll leave our time together with one finished project and the skills you need to finish any project, personal or business, in the future. Just head to peakcoaching.co slash HFD live for your next step. Can't wait to work with you.